Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. It is episode 156. It's for the 16th of February 2015 and joining me as always is Alan. Hello Alan. Hi Adam, how you doing? I'm not too bad, how are you? I'm actually feeling pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good? Why Why pretty, pretty good? Because I've got my athlete badge, I'm on my way. Oh, you see, now your running's going much better than mine. I've had a busy couple of weeks and not managed to get as much running in as I could wanted to. So I thought I'd go out on Friday, but I've got this cold and I'm not feeling 100%. Oh, cold so I went, out, I went out Friday and I managed 1.6 miles, which isn't bad, but it's nowhere near what I wanted to do. So I'm a bit disappointed yeah. with myself that I didn't quite reach as far as I wanted to. But At, at the moment, because I'm, I'm running with a lot of other dads around the estate, right. it, it, it sounds like a plane out <laughs> in the streets. Are <laughs> um, coming out to play? <laughs> No, he's got a cold. There's oh. that many of them that's got colds at the moment. It seems to be when you get to that sixth, sixth week into the running, everyone gets a cold. Well, I'm, I'm kind of halfway now. I'm, I'm, I was due to get my uh, halfway to 5K badge on uh, on Friday, but I just I couldn't finish it. I had to stop halfway through and walk back because I just could not cope. <laughs> it's really sad. It's really sad. I know, and I was really really disappointed with myself. But I'll keep just... going and I will persevere with that eventually. But right. you know. Well, to bring it back into Disney, yeah. do you think that you would have done the running regardless of Run Disney? Yeah. Because actually, one of my inspirations to do it was Run Disney. No, I think I would have done it anyway. Because um, when I started to do it, I decided I was going to do it and without any inclination or any hint that there might have been some sort of Run Disney event we could join in with. Oh, I'm going to try the Castaway K5. Castaway I know you're going to do that. Yeah. Castaway, yeah, Castaway Key 5K, yeah. Too many Ks. Too, lots of Ks. Anyway, um, let's explain what's going on this week. We need to thank our sponsors, of course, Orlando Attraction Tickets. That's uh, orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. And, of course, our sponsors, Scooter Vacations. You can go to scootorlando.com. Um, what we got this week, then? we got loads of stuff. Uh, we're not going to do some news this week because we've had an email from a listener, and we think it's actually quite important that we spend some time looking at this because it's something that you might be considering and something you might want to take into, uh, into account next time you go on a trip. And uh, then we're going to do DB Cook-Off, talk a little bit about our carrot cake cookies that we've made, and we've got our next recipe for you. We are then joined by what can only be described as a Disney legend, Lee Cockrell, who was the Chief Operating Officer of Walt Disney World, among many other things, is going to be joining us to talk a little bit about uh, his new book, uh, Time Management Magic. He's going to be talking about his new podcast, and also going to be talking to us a little bit about some of the changes in the park, and we want to sort of hear his opinion on what uh, the changes have been and, and, and how he sees those. And then we're going to end the show with our Disney Ultimate Attraction and find out which ones you guys have voted for to go through to the next round and which ones are going out. And uh, that's pretty much it, I think. It is, but because we're not doing news, I'm going to add something in now. Oh, what are you going to add in? Have you seen the craze that's going around Disney World 
and Disney. It's called, I think they're called Sum Sums. Oh, yeah, those things. Like, I don't character, I was going to say character balls. That's basically what they are, aren't they? Yeah, kind of, yeah. They're like little round, Japanese inspired things, yeah. Well, apparently, you can buy them in the UK now. Oh, great. I am pleased. In parent, I think it's in Clinton's cards. Right. And, uh, oh, that's good. Various sizes, various prices. And I imagine that people will collect them will collect them a bit too much. Yeah, a bit like I did with animation. Yeah. Uh, a bit like the Disney hoarder that's going to be on uh, more four this coming week. When's that on? Thursday. Thursday evening, about eight or nine o'clock on more four. There's a Disney hoarder on there. You need to check that out. So that should be worth seeing. That's going to be awesome. We'll Isn't see if we can get them on the show. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> They've got space to actually join us because they can't go anywhere. Um, so what we thought we'd do is start off with our listener question. It's called Four Parks One Day, and uh, we thought we'd do some investigating. So I need some some sort of investigating, adventurous music. I don't know whether I've got any. Mm. There we go. It's the exterior music from Ellen's Any Adventure. It's not very... It's not very adventure is it? It sounds like St- um, Doctor Who. It does. Let me see if I've got something else that might be a bit better. Something like this. Here we go. Yeah, this will do. There we go. That's, That's more like better. it. That's better, isn't it? So we had an email from a listener, uh, Craig Lucas, who is off to Walt Disney World in October of next year. And basically he sent us an email that said the following. Hi boys, I'm travelling to Orlando in October for Halloween Horror Nights 25. And on Monday the 19th of October, me and my bestest buddy will be hitting Walt Disney World hard. I'm planning a once in a lifetime, four parks, one day extravaganza. Where would you plan to start? Where would you plan to end the day? And what rides must two 40-something-year-old men simply do in between? So thanks, Craig Lucas. So this got me thinking about, you know, what would you do if you had one day in Walt Disney World? Where would you start? Where would you finish? What would you do in between? And uh, where would you go, basically? So... I'm kind of intrigued, Alan. I've, I've kind of sat and gone through all of the attractions they are and which ones I choose to do in each park. Yeah. Um, I've also thought about the order in which I do each one. Okay. And uh, I'd be intrigued to know what your order is to start off with. Okay. Um, let me just start writing some down then. I oh, see so you haven't done that yet then. Okay. Um, I, would, I would say if, if four, four parks one day. So if all four parks, all four, Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios in one day. They don't want to hit every attraction. They want to know which order they should do them in and how many and, and which rides they should do in each park. Right. One thing I will say, yeah. because they don't necessarily want to do them all. No. There is actually a challenge where you can do them all. You can do all parks, yeah, in one and day. I know is, Brent um, Dodge, I think, he managed to do them all. Yep. And uh, it's actually through... Um, you can go through touringplans.com. I've actually got a four parks one day sort of challenge that you can do. Um, so it's worth looking at touring plans if you want to do it that way. Uh, but if not, you can do it um, yourself. But I would, I would also say that it might be a bit more harder now that they've done this Fast Pass Plus thing. Yeah, uh, that's very true. And these guys aren't wanting to do every single ride full on. They basically want to go to each part. They want to do the rides that they think are important and then uh, and go from there. So do you want me to give you the order I think I'd do mine? Okay. Right. So 
The first thing I did was to check out uh, the rough opening hours for the park. So I looked a year retrospectively, and uh, it seems that the Magic Kingdom is likely to be open until about midnight-ish, roughly. Obviously, don't take this set in stone. Uh, with the other parks closing slightly earlier, uh, Hollywood Studios being open later than Epcot and Animal Kingdom, roughly, is the way it's going to work. So what I actually did is I, I started at Epcot. I'd then head to Animal Kingdom. I'd then head to Hollywood Studios and I'd finish at Magic Kingdom as my fourth park. But depending on what it is I'd want to do, it might be that I do uh, stay in Magic Kingdom for the nighttime show or I might then head back to Epcot for Illuminations and one other thing which I'll come to a little bit later on. So then I kind of thought Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom to finish. So you've said Epcot? To start. Magic Kingdom. Then Animal Kingdom. Then Animal Kingdom. Then Hollywood Studios. Hmm. And then Magic Kingdom to finish. That's totally not the order I've got them in. Okay, so what order have you got yours in? I'll be straight into Animal Kingdom, get yeah. there nice and early. Yeah. I would then go on to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Epcot, then Magic Kingdom. Now, some of that is basically geography-based. Right. So I've not gone geography-based at all, but gone then, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you're trying to cram as much as in, in the day as you can. <clears throat> you want to cut down on the travelling. Yep. So obviously you've got a, in theory, a faster route from Epcot to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Hollywood Studios is right next to Epcot. Yeah. Animal Kingdom is out on a limb. Fair enough. That's the way I'm thinking. Well, the way, the way I've I've thought about this is the types of rides that I've chosen, and yep. their average queue wait time. Okay. Now, I I assume that the. Well, actually, I know that they've bought one ticket to they have, park yeah. up a ticket. Did Did you hear how much the ticket was? By I way? did one hundred and thirty something dollars. I thought it was one hundred and forty something. It might be one hundred and forty something. It was somewhere one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty dollars. Absolutely crazy prices. Now it's but... Monday the nineteenth. So, um, looking at the predictions, it's looking to be somewhere around a six or a seven out of ten, roughly, in the uh, resort on that particular day. So that makes it a little bit quieter than maybe it would have been. Mm-hmm. Which that's so that's not too bad. Um, so I started with Epcot, and the main reason for me starting with Epcot was because of Test Track and Soaring. Um, on a reasonably lighter day when it's not that busy, Test Track and Soaring will build up queues anyway. So mm-hmm. my suggestion was to go and head for these two first, and also to use the single rider line uh, when you're going to go and do these, particularly with Test Track. Um, I've used single rider for Test Track before now and saved myself. 40, 50 odd minutes on the queue time. So I'd probably head to Soarin' first, get myself in that queue, ride that, then head over to Test Track, get off that, and then head over to Spaceship Earth. But they would be the only three in the park that I would do. Because we're talking about like cramming in the most amount of time for the best sort of attractions. So I rich I literally went Test Track, Soarin', Spaceship Earth, and they are the only three in Epcot that I wrote down. Right, okay, well I was going a little bit different in Epcot. Okay. First of all, soaring. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, that is the one that's going to be killing it if if you get stuck in a queue. Yep. So I assume that you're going to be able to get some sort of fast pass for that. Yeah, hopefully. But not least... necessarily. That's the problem. You know, it may or may not be that you can get hold of those, and that's why I went for those as the the first possible. First early in the morning. Yeah. Um. But I was going to say, although test track is quite good, I would I would have swapped that for the behind the scenes tour. I know that's okay. going to consume a bit of time. Yeah. But I think that'd be something totally different to do. Fair enough. 
And that way, you don't need to do living with the land. You're all in, you're in the same pavilion, and there's not really a lot more else to do it. The, the biggest thing for me was that it said, uh, "Why would you? What rides must two forty-something-year-old rides simply do in, in between?" And I've I have gone off the path slightly with that, but I've not gone for anything that is. Um, mission space maybe well I did think mission space I didn't put it on but to be honest you can keep for mission space and the queue doesn't build that much so it could be that you add mission space in I, I wouldn't say that mission space is a, an absolute must do for me I like it I enjoy it I suppose if one of the two guys has never done it before it could be something you can add on but I think for me the three big ones the, the big hitters there are test track soaring and spaceship earth well hang on let's, let's go back to the, further into their question or their, yeah. their letter they're going to Halloween Horror Nights they're after something that's a bit more edgy yeah so maybe the thought of going on mission space and being able to puke into their own faces is what yeah, they're looking for. So there might be a possibility. Okay, so we'll add mission space in there as well. And so you've got test tracks or in spaceship Earth mission space. Yeah. And I'm going there first thing in the morning. Um, so that's my first one. Your first one was Animal Kingdom. I was going to go Animal Kingdom so first thing. What have you got down for Animal Kingdom? Um, Everest and yep. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Mainly because I think that that would be the ones to go for. In terms of getting the big hits out of the park. Okay. And I'll go on the safari ride first and then onto Everest single rider. See, I've got four Animal Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And this is where I went a little bit out of kind of the ride element. I've got Kilimanjaro Safaris down. I've got yeah. Expedition Everest. Yeah. Dinosaur. Mm, yeah, yeah. And Finding Nemo the Musical. <sighs> well. Because it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. But these are two blokes, two well, four-year-old blokes. I know that, but we're talking about the must-dos here. You know, for me, Finding Nemo the Musical is a must-do when I go to the Animal Kingdom. And, you know, they're asking our opinion. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. You know. Like, um, for, for me, I know it's what, a must-do. We know a little bit what like Craig Lucas is like, and he does blub like a baby at sort of slightly emotional things, doesn't he? So it could be that um, he'll quite like Finding Nemo, and he'll be able to cuddle up to his friend and you know, when he gets sad. Yeah. <laughs> It'll slow down his progress in the rest of the parks, though. <laughs> it will. It is a lengthy show. It's about 45 minutes, so you're going to take a good hour out. But, you know... I'm on about the bleary ice when oh, you keep <laughs> trying. <laughs> so I put those four in for Animal Kingdom as my second stop. The good thing about um, Dinosaur... Yeah. As a... You know, that, I hadn't put that one down in, but you can add that one on. There's not always that much of a queue for it. No, but what you have found is actually there's been an increase in queue wait time since uh, FastPass Plus. Uh, talking to Len Tester recently, he said that um, people forgot about Dinosaur and therefore its queue wait times were shorter. But since FastPass Plus came in and introduces the attractions in alphabetical order, Dinosaur appears closer to the top than any than it ever used to and anybody used to take any paying attention to it. So people have been booking FastPass Plus times more often than they used to. Therefore, Dinosaur's wait time has increased slightly. Yeah, I suppose it, in the sort of geography of the park, it, it was sort of off on the right-hand side, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, valid point. So, they're my four for Animal Kingdom. Fair enough. Well, I'd only got two. Okay, so we've, we've got a mixture there. So, Animal Kingdom was my, my second stop anyway. So, that's that one. Um, okay. Then, where are you heading next? Um, well, my second stop was going to be Disney Hollywood Studios. Okay, so let's go to Hollywood Studios, because that's my third stop. And because it's who it is... Yeah. And not myself. Yeah. I'll be straight onto Rock and Roller Coaster okay. and Tower of Terror. Yeah. See, that would they would sort of be my first options. My other thought would be Toy Story Midway Mania. I wouldn't have... Well, although, to, although it's a good ride and a good experience, it wouldn't have been 
up there for me. Okay, so you're going rock and roller coaster Twilight, Twilight Zone. So yeah, we'll head that direction first. That's fine. Uh, so both of those particular attractions are, are definite must-dos. I would also have a check out to see what the queue is like for Star Tours. Yeah, definitely. Star Tours queue, from again, experience isn't as bad as it has been, and it, it should be fairly manageable. And arguably, I would miss out on both the stunt shows. Yes, definitely. There's one other I've got in there that you haven't. I'm trying to think. Tony, I shrunk the kids' play zone. No. Muppet oh. Vision 3D. Yeah? We're talking uh, about 240 something guys who probably grew up with the Muppet show on television are fairly likely to want to go and see something like Muppet Vision 3D. Yeah? Yeah. Two guys that are like Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, there you go. So so we're, we're almost kind of agreeing on this then. So we both got Rock and Roller Coaster, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, and Star Tours. I've thrown Toy Story in there and Muppet Vision. I just, I think Toy Story is going to bring out that competitive nature in two people, isn't it? You know, and it's going to be quite an entertaining trip. Admittedly, yeah, if the okay. queue, wait, the queue time is too big, then yeah, don't do it. You might be able to get a Fast Pass Plus depending on what time you arrive. And actually on the day, you might be able to collect one while you're going through the other parks. So it's possible that, that might be something you could do. I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Um, and then that leaves my last park, which was, I think, are you finishing at Magic Kingdom as well? I'm finishing the Magic Kingdom for two reasons. Go on, then. What are your two reasons? One, the most amount of attractions in a park is in that park. Yeah, I've got the same. And two, generally, it stays open a lot later than everywhere else. That's the other reason I've done it as well. You're looking at, if we look retrospectively to 2014, Magic Kingdom was open until midnight on that particular day. Right. Uh, that if it was the Monday, so I chose that because you you've got as much time then for the rest of the day as you want to to go to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so what have you got on your list for Magic Kingdom? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't got a lot of attractions. Okay, I've got Peter Pan. Now you see, I didn't, put, I didn't put Peter Pan on mine. The reason I've reason put it on, on is mainly because of the new queuing Which area. I did consider that was one of the reasons I I nearly put it on my list. And I think from what I've seen, it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, you know, these guys haven't experienced that before. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing queues are exciting, but, you know. And also the attraction itself is, it's a good attraction. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer that over Small World any day. Fair enough. So you put that one on your list. Okay, what else yeah. have you got on there? Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, got Big Thunder Mountain. Um, Obviously that queue and area has been overhauled again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but that'll be a good one to go for. On how busy it is that particular day depends on whether a lot of the interactive elements of the queue are actually open. Really? Yeah. So wow. I did, I think I did it three or four times in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes at peak, sometimes not at peak, but it wasn't peak enough for a lot of the interactive elements to be incorporated into the queue that we queued through. Right. So, Interesting. I don't know. Could be. Um, Space Mountain. Yep. Um, that doesn't always seem to have much of a queue. No, it depends when you go. I would, it's probably a, again, it might be a Fast Pass Plus if you can get it. And. I would then go on to the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I have Seven Dwarfs Mine Train down too. Now, for what reason have you got that down there? Mainly because it's new and they won't have done it before. Yeah. Or hopefully not done it before because I don't want to be the only one that's not done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's also a fantastic looking ride. You know, it's, it's going to be good. They can do it at night time. It'll look yeah. even better at night time. Um, there's, there's, I'm kind of with you. There's a couple of reasons why I put it down. One, because it's new. Oh, three, actually. One, because it's new. Two, because um, it's got a fantastic anim- uh, animatronic scene with all of the dwarves, and it's so cleverly done that it's worth yeah. doing. And three, if you get two big, burly people in one of those swinging carts, they don't half swing. I've heard that. 
<laughs> me and Chris were going to try it. Me and Chris, <laughs> we said we were both going to attempt to try and fit into one of those carriages together and see how much it could swing. But every time we bumped into them, the queue was massive at the, at the mine train, so it didn't happen. And um, me, me last option for the day would be, yeah, I think the best way to end up, or the best rise to end yeah. up on in the Magic Kingdom for two forty-year-old blokes, is Dumbo. <laughs> what? Really? Of course. Okay. Explain. It's total extreme opposite right. to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. I think, you know, that's that's why you go to the Magic Kingdom. You go for the magic. You go for being able to... Okay. You see, with, with regards to me and the Magic Kingdom, I've got quite a few more in there than you have. So I've got Jungle Cruise down. Yeah. Um, I've got Pirates of the Caribbean. I've got Splash yep. Mountain. I've got the Haunted Mansion. How did you miss the Haunted Mansion? I didn't um, miss it. I've just, you know, I'm being it. very selective on this because I know there's a limited amount of time. Okay. They've got to eat. They've got to drink. They've got a toilet break. Fair enough. I've got the Haunted Mansion down. I've got uh, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, People Mover, down as well. I've got Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress in there because, again, it's another absolute classic. And also, as another curveball, Mickey's Filler Magic I put in there as well. It's something that, again, is completely different. I thought it might be quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of my attractions there for Magic Kingdom. And that's, again, the, as you said, the reason I've put Magic Kingdom at the end is because it's the long, part that I opened the longest and, you know, it's got quite a lot in there. So the question is, they want to know where they should end the day. So where are you ending the day? Hmm. When are they going? October. Yes, October. So 15, 19th of October. I know exactly where I'd... If I was a 40-year-old bloke, yeah. which I'm not yet, I know exactly where I'd be ending the day. Where would be ending the day? In Trader Sam's at the at Polynesian. Polynesian. Okay. Because that should be open by then. Yeah, it should. Now, I've got two options. I would either stay in the Magic Kingdom for the nighttime shows and all that sort of stuff, or I would... Break if depending on how quickly I've done the Magic Kingdom and how many hours I've got left, I might head back to Epcot and go to Illuminations. But also at that time of year, it should be the Food and Wine Festival. Mm, true. So I might end my evening at Food and Wine, eating around the world, having a few drinks, and eating to the beat that way. And it might be that I go and do the rides of the Magic Kingdom, head over to Epcot, do the Food and Wine for a bit, and then head back again head back to the Magic Kingdom if I've got time afterwards but it might be that that's an option you can you can skip between the two fairly easy by jumping on the monorail shouldn't be too difficult um, but have you I ever think... done jelly rolls? no I haven't no but that's I'm going to try and tempt at this yeah that's but... open till early hours so you could always do that afterwards but you know th this is our opinion and whether or not it's correct mm. it's, you know, it's up for debate there's probably what? people screaming at the, at the telly at the telly or the radio now saying why haven't you chosen this why haven't you chosen that but that would be my order. One of, one of the questions that they haven't asked, and I'm going to force this one upon you, on. is eating. Where would you go? What what would be the one, say, count, quick eat counter service? Because obviously if you're doing that many parks, you want to be in right. and out as quick okay. as you can. Okay, so let's work this out then. So where what is your on? one must-eat place? Pecos Bills, if you're going for uh, some sort of um, counter service place, I would think would be your best. The size of those burgers and the amount of condiments and stuff you can put on those uh, is pretty good. So I'd say that's a pretty good place to go. Um, it, again, it would depend on where you are come lunchtime, really. 
Yeah, or, or not lunchtime, because obviously lunchtime. the or avoid lunchtimes. Time. Pecos Bill in the evening, I would think, would be a good option. As for <clears> lunchtime, <throat> or not lunchtime, um, maybe an Epcot, something like Sunshine Seasons might be worth a shout. They usually have a good old mixture of all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, might be good. I'd, I'd suggest um, Restaurant Asaurus. Yeah, you know, okay. For the same yeah. sort of reasons as Pecos Bills. Yeah. Um, big, big juicy burgers and all you can top up condiments. Okay. So let's just recap then over what we got park order. So I'm starting in Epcot, Animal Kingdom, then Hollywood Studios, then the Magic Kingdom. And then I'd either stay at Magic Kingdom until nighttime show and then head back to Epcot for illumination. Or I'd go to Epcot for illuminations and do some food and wine festival. So that would be my day. What was yours again? Mine was Animal Kingdom, Disney Hollywood Studios, Epcot, then Magic Kingdom. I would be doing sort of the Kilimanjaro in the morning. Yeah. Um, going across to do some sort of more meteor rides over at Disney Hollywood Studios. I'd have obviously eaten some dinner first. It's uh, earlier than dinner time because that's the way that I'd tend to roll then. Yeah. Um, ended up at Magic Kingdom to do a few rides. And then, just as as the night's getting, getting started, head over... Apologies. It's alright. I, I, I thought I was getting shot there. Um, head over to Trader Sam's where you're going to get some crazy cocktails and some great entertainment and hopefully roll into a taxi and head off back to your hotels. There you go. So that is four days, one park, our opinion. Take it or leave it. If you want it, use it. If you don't and you think we're talking complete rubbish, then that's absolutely fine. But equally, if you've got other ideas that you'd like to put forward to these guys, because we've got until October, then do email us, radio at disneybrit.com, and we can pass on all of that information to the guys and we'll maybe even discuss those uh, ideas that you've got um, on the next show. Okay, so that's radio at disneybrit.com. We're going to take a break in a second. Before we do, I think it's time to do this, isn't it? It must be time to do this. Okay, it's time for the Disney Brick Cook-Off and uh, the Great Disney Brick Cook-Off. Got to get it right. I keep meeting the great yeah. bit off, don't I? And uh, we've been asking you over the past couple of weeks to have a go at the carrot cake cookies from the Writer's Stop in Hollywood Studios. So, Alan, you made these. How did, I did. they go? How did it go? Yeah. Um, I... I'll be honest, usually I'm very well prepared. Usually I'd have to cook these last week. Okay. I forgot and had to rush about doing it last night. Okay, right, fair enough. So As part you... of my Valentine's pudding. Right, so your Valentine's pudding were carrot cake cookies. Yes. Fair and um, the, it, it, it was a great experience. Yep. Following the recipe that I didn't understand a word of. <laughs> it was... Okay. Now, there was elements in there that was just totally strange to me. Yeah. Well, do you want me to explain on them? This was our first kind of bakery task, wasn't it? We've done some cooking, you know, we've made the, the puddings and all that sort of stuff. But we've not yeah. actually attempted to bake yet. Um, yeah. So this is the first bakery. Now, I don't know about you, but my first concern was, as soon as I had finished making all of this food... Um, and, and I'd made all my mixture for my cookies. Then it said um, it was like really sloppy and runny. And whenever I make cookies and biscuits, it's a dough. And this wasn't a dough. 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm not quite sure whether this is right. And it says, you know, drop it in and make it into a circle or whatever. So we didn't make it into a circle. We, we were a bit posh because we'd got Mickey Mouse shape kind of cookie cutter thing. So I actually dolloped it in and spread it out and then took the cutter off so we had kind of mickey shaped cookies now so you, you dolloped it into a cookie cutter into a cookie cutter to make them the shape of mickey and okay. then there was a little stencil that you push into the cookie afterwards uh, that you're supposed to push into the dough and it puts mickey's face on it which obviously i couldn't so i had to cook them and then push it in afterwards now my second worry it says mm-hmm. in the ingredients was cook them for i think it was nine to eleven minutes and then check put a skewer in check they're cooked if it doesn't come off then they're cooked and that's fine so I checked it it was cooked fine took them out left them on the side said leave them to cool then transfer them to a rack so I did that but they were a bit floppy yeah these weren't like rigid cookies that I expected and I was like have I done this right have I undercooked them are they not ready I'm not sure but they're cooked they look cooked but they're not like proper cookies were your cookies like rock hard or were they no no mine mine were like basically thin they're like pancakes that's the best way to describe them that's alright then it's not like I'm just about to poison my family or have poisoned my family I've done biscuits before or cookies before where they come out very very floppy and they usually do stiffen up a bit after they've cooled down yeah and these didn't these didn't no and that's fine as long as yours didn't either makes me feel a lot better (laughs) Um, now the other thing the biggest thing that surprised me as well was this cream cheese filling and you were saying you had to put all this butter in, that's fine. You had to put, I think it was, was it six or four cups of powdered sugar, as they call it, ice Four, four cups of powdered sugar. Yeah, so I thought, okay, four cups. So I, I sat and I was measuring out four cups and I put my cups in and everything. And then suddenly I realised I used a whole box of icing sugar. Yeah. I am, um, because because I'm, I do a little bit of Googling to try and cross-reference the yeah, measurements. Yeah. yeah. It basically said 480 grams was... Um, four cups of powdered sugar, which is basically the a box is five hundred. Yeah, um, so right next to nothing left in the box. Yeah, there was so the the, the filling was about hundred grams of butter. Yeah, a tub of cream cheese. I used a non-branded light Philadelphia. Yes, we did. Uh, we found that Aldi's forty nine p option worked brilliantly and tasted I, really good as well. I I think. Well, obviously, we're going to listen to the kids in a minute, so I'm not going to say anything. But yeah. the the concept of putting cheese in icing, yeah, it just makes the cream it, cheese. It's, it's not yeah, it's what just, goes on top of a carrot cake, you know. And as I explained to my daughter, Imogen, yeah, cheese is made of milk. Yes, and um, butter's made of milk. Yes, they therefore they fit together perfectly. Yeah. So uh, what we did then is we we asked the kids, didn't we? Yeah. So I think we need to find out what the kids thought of the food that we cooked for them. So uh, here we go then. Let's start off with Imogen then. So you cooked Imogen the uh, carrot cake cookies, and this is what she said. Right, Imogen. So you've got the carrot cake cookie. Have a bite. Let us know what you think. It's got very quiet. How does it taste? Yucky. Yucky. <laughs> Why yucky? What what don't you like about it? The cream. Why don't you like the cream? So she didn't like the cream. Okay. Yeah. I'm, tra- I'm trying to get Thank to the bottom much. of it, you know. But she wouldn't wasn't giving you any of it. Right, let's try Abby. Right, Abby, there's the carrot cake cookie. I want you to take a bite. Let me know what you think. 
still like it. You what? Still like it. Why not? Because of the icing. What's wrong with the icing? Still like the icing. Why, why don't you like the icing? Because... Uh, Uh, it's the <laughs> colour white. I don't like white icing. She doesn't like white icing. That's fair enough. Okay. At least I got an answer. Yeah. So Harry. Right, Harry. Carrot cake cookie. Ready? <laughs> Go on. Any guys? Bite it. I like it a little bit. <laughs> you like it a little bit. Yes. Why a little bit? It's because I don't like it. Because I don't like the like, cream being shy. You don't like the cream, so you don't like the, the creamy bit in the middle, but you like the cookie? Yes. Okay, thanks. There you go. So none that, of the kids like the cream bit? That's, that's amazing. Isn't it? Hey, you'd have thought that a whole box of ice and sugar would have made kids love it. Yeah, it, yeah, he didn't love it, but he was running around the kitchen for a long time. After. <laughs> no, he only had a little bit. I didn't give him a massive bit. Yeah, I only gave him a little bit this time, and yet he still made it sound like he got his mouth full. That's a lie. <laughs> um, he's holding it there ready to spit it in the bin. Yeah, probably. No, he, he quite enjoyed it. It wasn't too bad. We had friends around today who did try it, and they did say that they enjoyed it. So, uh, so I can't yeah. complain. So, I, I think they were they were really nice. I, I personally think they were a good success. Yeah. Um, I would definitely make them again. Yes. Um, and I took them around to my mother-in-law's today and I basically had, took two, one for Imogen and Taste, one for Abigail and Taste whilst yeah. I did the recording because I totally forgot. And they shared them out between the family and everybody loved it. So There you go. So we kids, all love them. Kids hate it, kids adults hate love it. it. Adults love it. So it's not one for kids, one for adults. What's coming up next then? I'm going to quickly go back into go the on. recipe. Go on then. Because I started to read through the recipe yeah. that you, you put online. And there was one of the things was to put a piece of parchment paper yeah and on top of the parchment paper sift together flour bacon powder yeah salt and cinnamon please and set it me, aside please tell me you didn't do it on bacon on parchment I had to go and buy parchment what no I'm joking you I've say I just did mine in a bowl well I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking why would you but it's sort of to me it's like I'd be unprepared because the next line is in a large bowl mix the eggs together the sugar the oil and the vanilla <laughs> Just and have then, two bowls. Well, no, I, I basically I mixed all the the wet ingredients together yeah. and then sieved on top of it all the dry ingredients. Yeah, that is exactly what I did, and then mixed it all together in our big blending thingamajig. Oh, I got the kids to do it by your little metal spoon. Oh no, my Zoe's got that big um. Proper, oh yeah, I've like, got a magic mix, magic or mix or sort of thing. Yeah, it was great. Such on, off it goes. Done. Anyway, after our baking. Uh, attempts this time we thought we'd stick with the baking theme and people seem to be enjoying making desserts so we thought we'd go for another dessert and this one i saw it and went yes we've got to we're heading out of the parks this time we're actually heading over to the boardwalk and we're heading to the boardwalk bakery and this time we're going to ask you to have a go at the brownie cheesecake okay so this is brownie base cheesecake top so the brownie bottom cheesecake is what we're looking for. Um, again, just like the last one, it's not too complicated to make. And uh, it looks like it's going to be really, really tasty. I've not had this before. Uh, but we're good. looking at a mixture of all sorts of stuff in here. But most of the stuff you're looking at is things a lot of people will have at home. The only one that you might have is four eight-ounce boxes of cream cheese. Um, what? what, what? So, <laughs> four eight-ounce boxes of cream cheese. Now, which like is I said, basically Which is basically, uh, no, it's about... It's about four tubs. 
Oh, yeah, sorry. But um, like I say, I went to Aldi and we bought their 49p cream cheese and it was absolutely brilliant. So I'll be going and spending, uh, what, two, uh, pounds. two pounds on cream cheese from Aldi. There you go. But it's, it is the, uh, the brownie bottomed cheesecake. It looks fantastic. Oh, honestly. Um. So um, that's what we're going to make in the next couple of weeks. If we go to DisneyBrit.com, you will be able to find the recipe for the brownie bottomed cheesecake. And you've got two weeks to give that a go and to post your photos up on Facebook and let us know how you did. Thank you to those people who did. Well done, Andrew. We were really impressed with yours, as were your family by the looks of it. Um, so give this a go. And in two weeks' time, we'll review our uh, cheesecakes and see what we come up with. Uh, that's everything I think for that we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to talk to Lee Cockrell and after we've done that we'll be back with uh, our Tomorrow's Child and to finish off with the show our Disney's Ultimate Attraction we shall be back in two minutes see you then hey I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks mom tell them well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Breaking news. This has just landed on our desk, and it looks like the White House has issued a code red on Operation Frostbite. Over the past year and a half, frozen addiction has grown month on month. This past weekend has seen it hit all-time critical levels. The G7 have made a special conference on how to tackle the problem. The record new high has seen Elsa's appearing on every street corner, theater, and child's party. To contain the threatening spreading, the CIA, FBI, AKL, and DHS have joined forces to round them up and rehabilitate them at WED FCC and Reedy Creek. As soon as we have more details, we will be back to report further. We now return you to your scheduled programming. Sorry, Emily, the car wouldn't start. I haven't even had time to have my lunch yet. Keys. Does anyone even know if this program will work? I've only skimmed through the keynotes, but even so... Any sharp objects? Weapons? Uh, no, nothing. Can, can I keep my lunch? Press the intercom and we'll release the gates. Thanks. Um, t- two seconds, two seconds. 
Think, think big, think strong, come on. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the psychological rehabilitation worker that you've been trained to be. What? No, no, nothing. I'm, I'm okay, I'm ready to go. Hello and congratulations on your first steps into frozen recovery. Over the next few sessions, we'll aim to thaw you out and return you back to your hometowns, lukewarm. To start off with, we'll do a little introduction exercise. So we'll start off going around the room and I'll, I'll start it off. Are you ready? Hi, I'm Hank and I'm a friend of Elsa. Hi, I'm Adam and I'm a friend of Elsa. Hi, I'm Lee and I'm a friend of Hans. Hi, I'm Imogen and I am a friend of Elsa's. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a friend of Elsa. Hi, I'm Kieran. I'm a friend of Elsa. Hi, I'm Abigail. What do I have to say? Great work, everyone. You've all made the first step in opening up, and as you'll see, everyone here has something in common with you. Many of you, for the first time in a very long time... Forever. You're not alone. <sighs> the word's forever. Oh, OK. OK, if you don't mind, we'll dig a little deeper into how you've got here and work through this together. We'll start off with you, Adam. Why don't you tell the group your journey into Frozen? Hi. Um, I, well, I think I started when I got tangled. Do you mean ensnared by the story of the bond between two sisters and they were forced to be apart? No, I mean I got a copy of Tangled on DVD, which I've since upgraded to Blu-ray. The quality is so much better in the blue. So Disney had sort of been upgraded. It was like there was, like, I don't know, an extra additive in the animation. Mm, Okay, go on, yeah. Well, um... Like, when I heard about the Snow Queen thing going into production, I just knew I had to get my hands on the blue, so I would ring up supplies daily, see if there was any chance of an early release. Okay, so the thought of Frozen being released on Blu-ray started your addiction? It was part of the route. Before I was officially released, I would hunt around peer-to-peer and see if I could get my hands on it, but then there was the official release, and I would visit the Multiplex two times a week. Only two times? Well, just until it became online, then... Well, I was streaming Frozen daily. Streaming. Streaming's not that bad as long as you have a clean connection. I only had three dropouts. I'm, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I eat my lunch? I'm starving. But, but do continue. Uh, yeah. <coughs> okay, so um, so streaming was good, but then I got the download, which was better, but I knew I needed the hard copy, so I had to get the Blu-ray. Okay, so you, so you got the Blu-ray. How did that make you feel? Well, I knew there was more to this than I got. Go on. It was like I had ballroom, but no balls. So, where did you go next? eBay. eBay? Well, I needed to get a man-sized Elsa dress so I could blend in at events. So, can I clear this up? You started to go around in an Elsa dress. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you guys doing? That's my lunch. Surely you could see that that, that coming a mile off. What? Well, we finish each other's sandwiches. Okay, everyone, sit back down, and we'll continue. Sorry about this, guys. That's, that's my time up. I'll see you in two weeks. Do you have to go? You'll be fine, Adam. You can finish my sandwiches. Tell the guards to open up the gates. The gates? Dig, 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 dig.
are still here on the Disney Brit Radio Show, and we've got a very special guest with us joining us today. It's Lee Cockrell. Hello, Lee. Hey there. How are you guys doing? We're great, thank you. It's so good, good to have you back again. We had you on oh, a good while ago when you were just released Creating Magic, your um, 10 common sense uh, leadership steps uh, as as done with Disney and um, since then you've been extremely busy, you've been travelling all over the world, you've released uh, two more books at least I think uh, and started a podcast and all those bits and pieces so we want to have you back on to talk a little bit more about those experiences that you've had and uh, those new things that you've got going on. Thank so, you. For those people who have not heard the show before, do you want to kind of just uh, remind everybody kind of your role within Disney when you were working for the company? Well, I joined Disney in 1990, and I worked over in France and opened that. And I went back to Walt Disney World in 93, and uh, eventually, after about three years, I became the executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World. And I was responsible for all the parks, the hotels, everything the guests come into contact with. So I didn't know what was going on, but I had a lot of people around me who did. So that was uh, a good thing. It was a great job. I, w- I did that job for 10 years before I retired. So there I Best job in the world. And, and uh, you know, you say you, you worked for Disney for 10 years and you ended up as chief operating officer for, for Walt Disney World. And one of the things that amazes me is um, when reading Creating Magic, say I'm currently actually rereading it again, having uh, not read it for a, a year or so. Um, one of the things you talk about in there is about coming in and, and restructuring basically the way the Disney company or the Walt Disney World operated by removing different layers of structure and and different reports and you taking on more of that sort of direct reporting and that's actually such a massive thing that you did you know to completely redesign the way Disney World operated um so I I know how you like to play it down but (laughs) (laughs) well actually uh that was something we had to do. Everybody didn't love it, but we got through it okay, and I think the place is better today. It's better organized, and uh, uh, t- it's better organized to take care of the guests today than it was at one time. So uh, you've obviously been going around the world uh, leading seminars, doing keynote speeches about the things that you did and the management uh, sort of strategies that you used when you were at Disney and at other places like Hilton, etc. Um, you've now created two books since we last spoke, The Customer Rules, which was 39... Um, rules to customer care and customer service and then the latest one which is time management magic do you want to explain a little bit about this time management magic book that was i think released about a month ago or so now yeah sure i uh, i've always thought that this was the biggest problem people had was organizing themselves and making sure they're working on the right things so they don't get to the older and older and older and then have regrets that they wish they had taken better care of their health or they wish they had uh, changed jobs or gone back to school or just saved for their retirement, all those things. And I've been teaching time management for about 35 years. I've probably taught it to hundreds of thousands of people. It was always extremely effective. I'm personally pretty disciplined, but I myself learned a system back in 1980 on how to even be more disciplined. And I kept adding to it. And so I just decided I better write this book because it doesn't really matter how much you know in the world or what you're thinking about if you can't get it done. And how do you think about that every single day? So I put the system into writing and uh, published it. And, you know, it's good for kids that are thinking about going off to college. It's uh, how are they going to get all that work done? How are people going to get their jobs done and then pick up the kids and go to the soccer game and keep on top of everything? And this is the one thing most people don't do well because they don't somehow the schools when you're in preschool or 
high school or college, they don't teach this to you. And it's probably the thing you need most is how do you get everything done? So that's why I did it. That's how I wrote it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm getting a lot of nice feedback on it already. It's, I'm waiting for my copy to arrive as we speak. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. My time management skills, I like to think, are, are good. But I think, honestly, they're not as good as I know that they could be. So uh, I am looking forward to, uh, to reading that. Uh, you've also got the customer rules. Do you want to explain a little bit about that one as well? Um, yeah, you know, I wrote Creating Magic, and that was going along fine. And one day, uh, actually, it's in 14 languages now around the world. Even oh, wow. sold it to Russia recently. I'm going to try to get Putin to read it. <laughs> but, uh, Good luck with that. I doubt if you will. But, um, yeah, so uh, I thought life was good, and I've written a book, and now I can just sit back and relax. And one day, Random House, my publisher in New York, called and said, we want you to write another book. And I said, no, I'm not writing another book. That's a lot of work. I'm retired. <laughs> they said, no, and they talked me into it. And, uh, so I started working on it, and uh, they wanted it to be around customer service, and that's kind of what I did for 42 years. So I went to work on it, and it actually took about nine months to finish that one, and and it's got 39 kinds of things you can think of about how you could take your business and improve it, uh, no matter what business you're in, or if you're in health care or patient care or airlines or restaurants or just any business. Uh, I, get, I think the key in life is we don't think about some of the little special things we could do for our guests that could really separate us from, from the rest. And uh, so um, that's what I did. And the first, uh, first rule was... To always remember, you know, customer service is not a department. It's a personal responsibility of everybody in an organization to take care of the customer and not pass it along or blow it off. And, but I asked my granddaughter, Margo, I said, hey, Margo, I'm, she was 13 then. I said, I'm writing a book called The Customer Rules. What do you think is the most important rule in customer service? The little 13-year-old looks at me and says, well, Pappy, the first rule is be nice. <laughs> and, boy, I tell you what, the kids get it. And, yeah. uh they get it. And I asked my grandson, Tristan, I said, you want to be in the book, Tristan? He said, yes, Pappy. I said, you better give me a good quote. I said, what's service mean to you? And he, without even thinking, once he looked up and he said, Pappy, when you serve, you're always the giving one. And, uh, you know, giving one, take care of the customer and do what you got to do, turn them around. We know who the giving ones are in our lives, our, our, our armed forces in the U.S. and in the U.K. and around the world that take care of us and keep us free, uh, nurses, doctors, parents, uh, teachers, people who really give it from the heart mm -hmm. and they do good work. And I think about in any business, we could all probably be more of the giving one and less of the taking. <laughs> I do agree with you, yeah, completely, 100%. Um, uh, some of the stories you're telling today, I, I, I remember from not only the books that you've uh, written and particularly uh, from Creating Magic, as I say, but also from the new podcast that you're now doing, this weekly podcast, which uh, brightens up uh, one of my trips to work, at least, um, where I think it's you and Jodie Maybury, is it, I believe his name is, um, and you talk a lot about... Um, the the content the books and some of your management ideas and, and customer service etc what where did that come about how did that come about <laughs> that's funny you know i don't even think i knew almost i knew what podcasts were but i hadn't really kept up with them mm -hmm. and one day this jody mayberry calls me he does a podcast for the park service mm -hmm. uh, you know like state parks and national parks yeah in the U.S., like, and uh, he said, hey, he told me who he was, and he said, uh, you, I'd like to, you to be on my podcast. And I said, okay. So we did it, 
and it was great. And he said he got he sent me a note later. Said I got a lot of good feedback on it. Everybody liked it. And he said then he called me a few weeks later. He said, "Would you like to have your own podcast?" And I said, "Sure, as long as I don't have to do any work." <laughs> I'm retired, man. I said, "If you do all the work, I'll do. I'll just sit and talk to you every time, every week." And so we we actually uh, we do two every week or ten days. We we do two of them. They're 11 to 15 minutes long, and he prepares from the three books now. He goes through that each one of the books and looks for opportunities, or he goes through my blog and looks for uh, kind of subjects. And then we have people call in with questions, too, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. People want to answer to a question in their own business, an entrepreneur, or maybe a big business. And uh, so that's how it started, and now i got a podcast. Yeah, and, and they're great, <laughs> honestly. You know, as a... From uh, two pronged for me. One, um, I'm somebody who works in education, and I'm looking at trying to become take on more of a leadership role myself and more of a management role from where I currently am. So, listening to those sort of things and reading the things that you've written helped me from that point of view. But equally, it gives me a little bit of a Disney fix because one of the things I love is the fact that throughout all of your books, there's those elements of of Disney history or how you changed the way the Disney company uh, sort of operated, and they're the sort of things that we don't really get to know about you know people don't blog about those sort of things they don't end up in history books about the day lee cockle did this or the day somebody else did this so it's really great to hear how some of the things have changed behind the scenes and you kind of are able to bring that across in the, in the things you do so i enjoy it from a, a sort of two-pronged approach i suppose uh, which is fantastic so you know what one thing you ought to take a look at if you're in education mm. is uh, i'm involved with this uh, new website it's called thrive Mm-hmm. Have you looked at that? Thrive no, I 15. Known. It's Thrive, T H R I V E 15, mm-hmm. the number 15.com, thrive15.com. We just went full live uh, t- 10 days ago, and it's a website that I've been working with a team on, and we put about 600 videos up. I did about 40 of them. Mm-hmm. And we have, we're heading for 1,200. And it's how to do everything from how to hire to how to fire to how to get a loan, business loan, how to write a business plan, how to do franchising. Um, and uh, if you go, if anybody wants to go in and look at it, you can get a free month if you put in the code MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C. The promotion code is MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C, and you get a free month and take a look at it. It's kind of fun because you watch a 15-minute video, and every five minutes it stops and gives you a test, okay. a multi-choice test. And at the end, you get points. And then, so you, you're scoring points against people around the world, and then you can win money. We just gave $10,000 to a lady in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So, it's uh, pretty interesting. I think it's going to be the future of education. You know, one day every kid can go to college because it's going to be free. And it's going to be online. Mm-hmm. And this is how kids learn today. And they're yeah. very comfortable with it. Yeah. And everybody can't afford to go to the campus. It's so expensive. And um, so this is pretty, I think this is going to be something we're going to see come about pretty fast. And so I'll totally agree with that because um, I'm a I'm self-employed sign maker. Um, we've got some, several staff and I've just gone to look into the health and safety training and the amount of health and safety training that you can do online via videos, it's all trackable, it's all, um, you're able to sort of monitor how many sort of um, components your staff have gone through. Right. It's, it's, it's totally the way forward and plus you can, you break it up into little chunks as it's available online, you're not having to go to a meeting room or anything like that. Yeah, and we put a lot of humor in it too and I think that's, a lot of fun for people because yeah, uh, and I think that you're right cutting it up into small chunks 
So people get a good shot of 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then they can come back and do another one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than sitting in a three-hour boring somebody talking at you. So, And we've yeah. put a lot of humor into this one. So you might get some ideas from it, too, about things you might want to do. Oh, totally. Well, I've been listening to your podcast over the past few weeks, and one of the things that totally inspired me was about the customer services not being a department. And the amount of times that things get filtered through my company to end up with me to sort out a problem. And it's like, well, you know, I, I need to rearrange how this is done. Freeze me <laughs> up in time. I can get onto other things instead of having to deal with the problems at the end. Why don't we nip them in the bud at the beginning? Not that we've got a lot of problems. Absolutely. Um, but right. the one thing I have noticed is that trying to suggest change does seem to scare people. How, how did you, have you tackled that? I think it's terrifying for most people because the main things they're worried about is they think that change is going to affect their job, they're going to lose their job, they're going to lose power. Uh, that's the problem. It's this insecurity people have about I, everybody loves change till it comes and knocks on your door. <laughs> you don't yeah. like it for yourself, but you like it for everybody else. And uh, I think you just got to create a culture. At Disney, it was that way back in 93 when I went there. People hated change and done everything the same way forever. And when you start to think about change, you know, can you imagine if you don't change today with using technology and applying it quicker and faster mm-hmm. and, and keeping up? And everything has to be done quicker now. The guest, any longer, if they complain, they're not going to wait two weeks for you to write them a letter. You've got to have a system in place where you get a back right to them. Um, you know, in an hour, they're already writing you back. Why haven't I heard from you? Uh, yeah. So change, change, change. And so I would say today at Disney World, uh, we've created that culture over time by we had such a massive change in the 90s, 90s, yeah. 93, 94, 95, 96. That, uh, the culture now is used to it. So you kind of got to create a culture of people being used to it. And you got to keep talking about it all the time. And they got to be know that you're going to do it. You got to give them total clarity. This is not going to go away. When I bring something up, we're going to do this, and you're either going to get on the bus or the bus is going to run over you. So, <laughs> yeah. So We had a really interesting uh, topic with some of our students just before, uh, last week, actually, which was the only, the only constant thing in life is change, so get used to it. It is for me. I'm getting older by the second here. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you while, while you're here about uh, a couple of changes that have happened at Disney recently, and I wanted to sort of hear your perspective on it uh, certainly from customer services point of view and one of the things you're talking about is you know this personalized service for for people and how it can make customers feel and there were a couple of, of changes one not so big and one massive that have happened uh, over the past year or so and there's something that's sort of starting to kick in really over the next couple of weeks and this disney's got this new idea of when you check into a resort hotel that actually you do it almost a virtual check-in that you actually get a text message or an email saying your hotel room is ready you can use your magic band to go straight to your room check in um, and and you don't need to speak to anybody or, or or interact with anybody and i was intrigued from what your point of view was on that the fact that you can now turn up to a disney resort hotel without having to talk to a cast member you can walk straight into the lift go straight up to your room get into your room and you're done um and bearing in mind what you talk about and how you talk about the personalization and how you talk about you know customer service is not a department what your opinion on that change was yeah i think the thing it's gonna for all of us whether it's you or me or your podcast all of us we've got to kind of make that decision of when's the right time to use technology Mm -hmm. and when is the right time to have the people 
it's a uh, it's a real balancing act, and uh, you got to be careful when you do it. I, uh, you know, I would be the one on me on a personal opinion. I would love to just go right to my room because I travel a lot, and all I want to see I want to see my bed. I don't want to meet somebody at the front desk. Yeah. But I hope they take that savings of not having to have somebody on the front desk. And if it was me, I'd be making those cast members available so after you go to your room and settle in take a shower get unpacked uh-huh. you can come down and face to face meet with somebody to help plan your week at disney and uh-huh. ask questions and get those kinds of things answered because uh that'll be that would even make service even better get the things out of the way that uh, we, they, that we don't really need to face a cast member if it uh-huh. works and and uh, you know it's kind of like the airlines Thank God we don't have to ever deal with somebody in an airline again. Uh-huh. Just let me go online and book my ticket. I yeah. don't want to deal with you. Yeah. And then have the people where you need them and uh, uh, on the plane and uh, given better service. And, and when you have a problem at the airport, there's a person who can help you. So it's a balancing act. And Disney's just going to – I think Disney's very cautious about how they do it. They mm-hmm. survey 2 million people a year. They'll yeah. be watching this. They'll be monitoring this. And uh, – I think somebody said the other day, some lady asked me, "What people don't like this and they don't like that. I said, the only thing Disney needs to keep their eye on is guest satisfaction. Yeah. They, they survey 2 million people a year. If the guest satisfaction scores stay at 8 or above on a scale of 10, and it always has been 8, 8, 1, yeah. 8, 2, then it's okay. If you start all of a sudden start to see uh, you're surveying guests and you're getting a 5 on check-in or some of these different things, then they're going to have to adjust. And I think if more companies would really make sure they understand the satisfaction of the customer, mm-hmm. then they can adjust up or down. So if the customer's happy, God bless them. If they're not happy, we're going. maybe we have to have a choice. Maybe you can go directly to your room or you can go to a front desk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's a balancing act. And, of course, with technology, you've got these two different scenarios. You've got older people who don't really care that much for technology. <laughs> yeah. And you got the young people who just uh, live on it, so um, and love it, and they'll think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, it's it's a balancing act, and it's always been that way, I think. But now technology is moving so quickly mm. that some things are coming that we couldn't even imagine just a year or two ago. I mean, I just saw, you know, I just saw Delta Airlines got on the plane the other day, and they said they now have an app that you can track your own bag. You'll find out if it got on the when the plane switched when they switch planes if your bag made it or not and you can look and see you're in london you can see where your bag it's down in australia and it'll be here in a couple Mm. days so (laughs) i mean this i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing to find out your bag didn't make it but uh you can track your own bag now yeah talking about the development of technology um that brings keep coming at us and that brings me on to the the, the second change which is the biggest one which is this rollout of a a billion dollar rollout of my magic plus uh, yeah. which includes FastPass Plus. And yeah. one of the things that we've heard a lot from people is that they feel FastPass Plus has created almost this elitist kind of um, hierarchy of people who stay in Disney property can now access all the best fast passes before those people who aren't staying on property. And it means that there are some people who are coming to the parks without fast passes for these attractions and now are having to queue two hours to do soaring, two hours to do test track and all these sort of things. Um, and I'm intrigued again from your point of view, because obviously you were around at the time when things like fast pass and things like that were coming in. Um, what your opinions are on this big change that there's now people who get access to these benefits before others. And it's sort of starting to create this divide a little bit between on-site and off-site guests. Yeah, I would, I, you know, I don't know too much about all this cause I really don't 
go to the parks yeah. much anymore. Yeah. I, I do work for Disney, and I'm over there a lot. And, mm. and I'm not fully aware of exactly how this works, but if just hearing what you said, I would be cautious mm. because I don't. I think Disney's always been good about not creating a difference, that money can't buy you a front of the line, money can't buy you a better experience, mm. everybody gets the same experience. You know, you may, it's kind of like you can stay in All-Star, you can stay in the Grand Floridian, but everybody's going to be friendly to you, everybody's going to be nice, all the hotels are going to be clean, you, you, you buy the amenities you want. But I think on the park rides, they're going to have to be careful about that. And I hope they're keeping a close eye on it because that that could come back and bite you. Mm. People don't like the elitist uh, point of view or that some, uh, you know, even when I was there, sometimes we'd have a CEO or a sports star, somebody want to buy their way up to the top. We didn't do it because all these people with egos think they're more important than everybody else in the world. And we didn't even know who they were. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they're going to have to be careful about that. That can be create a, uh, that can create a problem where if, I think at the end of the day, if people don't think you're fair, that's what in life, if you're not fair, you really start to get a reputation that's yeah. not, not appropriate, not one you want. So I hope they are really paying attention to that. And I know, like, when people go on holiday to Disney, there's a lot of people that go on, like, repeat vacations. You know, once you, once you go once, you go several times. The more you learn about it, the more you... It's it's almost like an addiction in a way. Like, <laughs> I've he- I hear people that leave... Well, okay, I'm one of them. Yeah, so am I. I admit that. You leave Disney World and you get the Disney blues, you feel down, and you're starting to think, right, okay, when am I going back? When am I going back? Yeah. But for, for us that are sort of regular visitors, we sort of know a lot about the ins and outs and how Disney works particularly with ADRs um, for the restaurants. So how do, does Disney deal with sort of the sort of the, the newbies, as it would be? You know, the, the ones that haven't realized that they've got to book the restaurants 180 days, whatever it is, in advance. Yeah, um, now, that is a big issue. Let me tell you, I hear from people all the time that try to get me to see if I can help them because they it was a surprise. I think... You know, Disney or any major... Disney may be one of the most complicated uh, vacations in the world. I mean, (laughs) because when you think about it, you're going to go there for a week or something, and, man, it's mind-boggling all the things you can do. Yeah. There are people that I've met who said they were over on the other side of the property near the Magic Kingdom, and they didn't even know there was a downtown Disney. (laughs) They didn't even know it was there. Didn't know it was there. And never went over there. And when they missed all this... uh, you know, Cirque du Soleil and all the great things they're doing over there, and mm. they could have had a nice visit there. And so, this communication of how to enjoy your now, you know, as you know, there's a bunch of sites out there that help people. Yeah. And I think, and then there's all, how many books are there out about how to do Disney? Oh, yeah, hundreds. And so, you know, even my wife and I, when we go to places, we do a lot of work online. I mean, just generally, no matter where we're going. You know, we went, I went to Kuwait this year. I went to Chile. I went. I was in Manchester, <laughs> and I, you know, I did a lot of research, and I was I had to find out what's going on in Manchester. And I was the best grandfather in the world because I went over to the Manchester United Stadium and bought my grandchildren. Jerseys. <laughs> they, they think I'm the best grandfather in the whole wide world because they're big soccer players, and I was shocked at how much they charge for them. <laughs> I, about, I about fainted when the shit lady told me how much they were. Oh, I'm not surprised, yeah. But you, I think anybody today, uh, shame on you if you don't get on the Internet and research where you're going. I mean, 
most people know how to do that. And Disney would be for sure, but we do it wherever we go. Even mm-hmm. when we're going to New York, we go on and look for things that are new. What museums open? What time does it open? Where do you buy the tickets? Uh, you know, because even any city you go to, you can get there and you can't even get into one of the best museums. Mm-hmm. Because they sold out all the tickets. Or they're closed on Monday, and you didn't know that. (laughs) And like in Europe, museums are closed on Monday and a lot of times, and you can't get in. And so we just got to keep, hopefully, the public will uh, be smarter than to just show up at Disney and think it's just you can do anything you want. I think it's one of the things that Disney, you do have to do a lot more research than than any other holiday that us as Brits would be used to. Um, yeah. we, we we normally go to the place like Spain and Greece, and you turn up and you lie on a beach with your belly hanging out, drinking <laughs> beer. Um, but like I remember taking a flight once to Orlando, and on the plane I was talking to the couple that was next to us, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're stopping on International Drive." I said, "All right, um, you got Universal tickets?" And she said, "Oh no, no, we're just going to go to Disney." I was like, "All right, you're picking up a car at the airport?" No, no, no. But there's um, there's a free bus from the hotel, and two weeks later. I see the couple again and said, Oh, we spent hundreds of dollars on taxis. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's so true. And, and, and they were in the wrong location. If they're going to Disney, they should have been over at Disney. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they would have yeah. saved a fortune. Wow, this is un- unfortunate this happens, but uh, it, it does. And those are usually people that didn't do the planning yeah. properly. Yeah. You know, every time, everywhere I go, I go on the internet now, measure how far it is from the airport, where I am, because mm-hmm. you can really. You can get in the wrong place easily if you don't know the landscape. And uh, by the way, it shouldn't be a problem for Brits because they've all been here. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we've been there a lot. <laughs> I think the whole country, all 60 million have been yeah, you're here. You're probably right, actually. <laughs> you're not far off. It's getting that way, definitely. <laughs> um, so uh, to get hold of your book, Lee, uh, it's through, I think, most major uh, online retailers here think places like amazon uh they're ebooks as well aren't they i believe time management magic is an ebook and i create creating magic is an ebook um and the podcast is again can we get hold of that through your website or is that through Uh, yeah we do a couple things you know it's on itunes of course and it's called creating disney magic is the name of the podcast and it's on my uh www.leecockerel.com website and it's posted there now and it's on Stitcher Radio so people can find it well, yeah. we have to say thank you once again for joining us um, I, to be honest that I've decided we were having this conversation recently I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself as well as Lee uh, about if you to have a dinner party with um, people and they could be absolutely anybody who would you have and I put Lee on my table because I could talk well I, thank I you I, and I love to come I, and eat I could listen to so what you've got to prime say prime roast beef I'll do a, <laughs> I can do roast beef next time you're over that's fine and by the way guys I've got to go get my sunglasses so sunny here today oh, 68 degrees that I just can't hardly stand it <laughs> thanks it's exactly much. like that here yes it's <laughs> yes, it's because it's the lamp I think I've got tilted too far up that's all it is um, but uh, thank you once again for joining us you can go over to of course Lee Cockwood com you can find out everything else about him even if you're not in business just as a disney fan i advise you to get hold of these books just to read them to find out the sort of stuff that lee's done and learned and and how he altered the way disney world works uh, it's well worth getting hold of so uh, once again lee thank you for joining us yeah take and care hopefully we won't have to wait so long to get you on again next time anytime great thanks very much lee yeah, bye now. for the past 10 years Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. 
Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523 That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523 Woohoo! Big summer blowout! Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumours? then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Right, it's time to find out what the kids think with Tomorrow's Child. And uh, Alan, we what was the question? I forget. I forget what the question was. Um, when you're on your Disney holiday yep. or vacation, what is the first thing you want to do in the morning? Okay, so what so was you it? wake up. What is the first thing you want to do? Okay, so we've had two entries from uh, the Colsons. So when you wake up first thing in the morning, what is the first thing you want to do uh, when you get there? So we're going to listen to William and Thomas, and these are what they said about what they'd like to do on their, the as soon as they wake up in Walt Disney World. It is the following. Here's William. I want to go on. Um, I want to go on rockets. Oh, there we go. He wants to go on rockets, which I think was Buzz Lightyear uh, from the email that we had. So that's Will. Oh. Uh, what about Thomas? The first thing I want, I would want to do is I woke up at Disney. Would what? I would go on the Buzz Lightyear ride. I would go on that ride because. You can shoot guns at the bad guy. Thank you. Well, I got that wrong then, wasn't it? It was Thomas <laughs> that wanted to go on Buzz Lightyear. And it was... Oh, it was... Uh, Willie wanted to go on the Astro Orbiter. That's what it was. Astro oh, right. Orbiter, not Buzz Lightyear. So they were the only two entries we had this week. Oh, it's yours, Adam? I, uh, I, I got the carrot cake cookie one done and completely forgot to, to do this one. I'll be totally honest with you. Oh, so I, it's horrendous. And you? My, my confession is that usually I record them just before we do the um, show. And, again, because the kids are stopping out tonight, I forgot. But I did prime the kids over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's, like, to, so, so they've got an idea what the answer's going to be. Yeah. And Imogen said that she wanted to swim with dolphins. Okay. Um, and when I questioned her on that, she said, because Nana says I can. Far enough. And Abigail wants to stroke a giraffe. Okay. I, I would have guessed Harry would have been something like going swimming. Just go swimming like I can do in Spain. related, yeah. So they were our two entries for this week's... Have we got another question for next week? Oh, I didn't even record them a kid, did I? Well, that's true. Uh, Oh, okay, here's a good question. Go on. What would you want us to cook in the Great Disney Brit Cook-Off? Okay, so something that you've eaten and that you'd like us to cook at the Great Disney Brit Cook-Off. Okay, yeah, so because it seemed to be a hit or miss with the kids. Yes. So, 
So they're not too impressed with our options and things we've chosen so far. So ask the kids, what would you like us to cook in the Great Disney Brit Cook-Off? Something that they'd really like, really enjoy. So what would you like us to cook in the Great Disney Brit Cook-Off? So ask your children, record their replies, send them in to radio at disneybrit.com and we can uh, listen to those and maybe we'll um, we'll do one of those coming up sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, and e- even if it's not an exact Disney recipe, you know, if, if some of the kids say, Oh, like I'm not going to give an example because they'll just copy that, yeah, won't they? If I really like such and such. If they say something, yeah, we might be able to find a Disney recipe a Disney that's of a similar of, base. Yeah, sounds good. So we'll do something like that. So send those uh, into radio at disneybrit.com and uh, we'll play those on the next show. Then right, leads us to the last segment for today. It's Disney's ultimate attraction. Okay, it's time for us to celebrate Disney attractions. We're looking for the Disney Ultimate Attraction. And over the past couple of weeks, you guys have been voting for which of the attractions you think should go through to the next round. Our pairs for this round of the Ultimate Attraction are Star Tours, The Ultimate, The Adventure Continues. That comes up against Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid. The Boneyard is against... um, Toy Story Midway Mania Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress takes on the legend of Captain Jack Sparrow and Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride comes up against Carly River Rapids so let's start off at the beginning then we're going to start with Star Tours and that is coming up against Journey of the Little Mermaid under the sea Journey of the Little Mermaid so Alan the question is which one are you going for well out of the two hyphenated attractions yes which is clearly the reason why they're playing it's, up against each other. It's the, the hyphen round. Oh, it, it's 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 a hard it's a hard decision because I think that under the sea, mm. it's a, it's a good classic style dark ride. Yes, I agree. Um, loads of effects going on it. Mm-hmm. It's not you couldn't call it extreme of any nature. Star Wars, it's you know it's it's a upgraded simulator ride it is yeah kind of in a way and oh i'm 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 stuttering here i've not um hidden the fact that i've never seen any of the star wars no this is true and that doesn't necessarily help you so i don't think i'm gonna get as much out of the star wars thing so I might be in the minority here, but I'm going to go with Under the Sea because okay, so you're going I think that would be more visually entertaining for myself. Okay, that's fine. So you're going for that. And that puts that one on there. Okay, right. So these two. Um, Star Tours. Uh, I, I love the original Star Tours anyway, and the new version is fantastic with the 3D elements, the change in storyline for each time you ride it. I spent an entire, pretty much an entire... Um, Extra Magic Hour by myself at Hollywood Studios riding Star Tours over and over and over again. Uh, did it what, seven or eight times, I think, in the end. Something like that. Uh, I, I took one detour and, and had a sneaky practice on Toy Story Midway Mania before the competition with the family the following day. <laughs> they don't know about that. Uh, but I love the Star Tours. Now, with, Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, I agree with you, is a classic Disney attraction. It's, it's the old style, as you would expect, the you know the old Snow Whites and the, the Pinocchios and Disneyland Paris, those sort of things. But as much as they're classics in that sense, I still found myself being disappointed that it, I think it could have been more than it was. And 
Although it is a good attraction, it, it didn't quite live up to my expectations really? of what I hoped it would be. Yeah, and I think there were there were some things that were clever and the animatronics were good, but I don't know, it was just lacking something and I can't put my finger on what exactly it was that it was lacking. But for me, I, I'm going to vote Star Tours. And uh, to be honest, you all voted Star Tours as well. And it means that uh, it, it, this was the closest one of the evening, I must admit. But Star Tours goes through and beats uh, the Little Mermaid. So we say goodbye to Little Mermaid and we say hello, Star Tours. The adventure continues. Right, let's go to our next pairing then. It's the Boneyard versus Toy Story Midway Mania. Is there much of an argument for this one? Um, Depends what you want to do. You know, if you want to... Pass the kids off to the boneyard and yeah. have a bit of a quiet time. That's yes, perfect. That's true. But uh, for Toy Story Mania, it is going to be odd little standing in the line with kids for an hour before you get on the ride. Yes. But, you know, out of the actual physical rides or physical attractions, it's got to be Toy Story Mania. Yeah. And I completely agree with you as well. The Boneyard's great, but it's a play area at the end of the day. Uh, Toy Story Midway Mania is a classic attraction. It's well-loved by a lot of people, and it's the reason why it still has massive queues anytime anybody ever tries to get on it. Um, so I would st- I would go Toy Story Midway Mania, uh, as do you, as do everybody bar one person. Who is that uh, one person? I don't know, but they went for Boneyard, and everybody else <laughs> went for Toy Story Midway Mania. So that goes straight through without a shadow of a doubt. Right, next pair is Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress versus The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow. Now, they're both good in their own way. I hadn't done Cap- uh, Jack Sparrow until the summer, and I mm-hmm. had purposely not found out too much about it. I kind of knew what the basics of it were, and having done the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe stuff previously, I didn't hold out much hope of this being any good, if I'm completely yeah. honest with you. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was actually much, much better than I expected. And it was a little interactive show. It's quite clever and quite entertaining, quite enjoyable, I must admit. I did I did come out thinking, actually, that was a lot, lot better than I was expecting it, it to be. Yeah. Um, but then that comes up against Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, an attraction in Disney World that was created by and devised by Walt Disney himself. And as much as Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow is fantastic and the, the show had some great new technologies in it there's no way it's going to beat carousel of progress for me so carousel of progress from my point of view gets my vote hmm i can totally see what you did in there yeah because you're a, you're a disney enthusiast through and through yep. and you the history of the attraction is more important than the actual physical attraction mm-hmm. but carousel of progress is quite dated i know it's been upgraded a little bit yeah but it still seems very very you know, the, the animatronics aren't cutting edge. No, that is true. Um, because they hold on to the history of it. But isn't think, that what adds to the charm of the attraction? Yeah, but you can't say there's charm in It's a Small World, can you? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm very much on the fact that Disney's, or Walt Disney World is moving forward quite rapidly and the technology is impressing guests a lot further than it's ever done before. Yeah. And for that reason, I think that Carousel of Progress needs a good overhaul to make the the characters brand new. Yeah. You know, even if they keep, you know, they could keep the first animatronic. Um, I don't know what the guy's called. Dad? Is he called Dad or Father? Father. Um, if they could keep both, him really, as the old-fashioned animatronic, yeah. then move the animatronics forward in, in in sort of the progression, so that the the last one in the final scene, which is the future, is 
you know, he's totally smooth. He looks like he's going to jump off the stage. That would make it a good attraction. Right. So for the history purpose, I don't think I would want to keep it because I, I just don't... I just don't get it as much as you you are. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I've not seen it. I like the idea of the, all the um, sort of the mer the merging of the the musion effects. Yeah. That's the one. The musion effects. I think that's absolutely fantastic, and I would have loved to have seen it. Um, and for that reason, I would have kept it. Okay. So I, I'm going to have to vote for that because that's the way the game goes. So I'll be keeping it in. However, my question is, what's there now? Nothing at the minute. It's um, There'll be something eventually. There's talk of that becoming part of this new Toy Story expansion, so we don't know. Okay, so based on, on the physical game that we're playing here, yeah. The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow wins for me, and hopefully we don't have to award it a trophy at the end. Okay, so you're going with Jack Sparrow. You're one of a, only a handful that went for Jack Sparrow. Everybody else went for Carousel of Progress. So no matter what we said, Carousel of Progress is more than well and truly going through. So Carousel of Progress is next. Okay, last pairing. It's Aladdin, or Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride in the Magic Kingdom, which is the up and down, twirly round kind of midway ride, uh, against Carly River Rapids, which is Disney's sort of only rapid ride in, uh, in Walt Disney World. So what are you going for? Both rides you can get wet on. Both rides you can get wet on, yeah. And in fact, you can get wet on Aladdin's Magic Carpet ride without even going on it. I found myself queuing in the uh, queue line in the summer underneath yep. the kind of reed-roofed queuing cover, if you want to yep. call it that. And the heavens opened, and I mean opened. And that roof um, did absolutely nothing. To help us, <laughs> I got absolutely drenched. We were so wet, we actually ended up having to leave the parks oh. uh, and go and get dried up somewhere. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the queuing system for that one. But there you go. I think That's it gets to a point sometimes where you can't get anywhere. So, no, that's true. I think we got to that point. Um, so a Dumbo style ride, yeah, or something totally different. It's got to be Cali River Rapids. Okay. Also, like the um, the story in it because of Animal Kingdom is my favourite part. Thing. Um, yeah, Aladdin's magic carpet is is great. Um, I like the fact that they've reused some of the elements from the old caravan parade that was in Hollywood Studios with the camels. But again, it's just a ride that goes up and down and up and down and round. And you know, you can get those attractions anywhere. You can get rapids anywhere. But I love. The fact that you go on Carly River Rapids and you know you're going to come off absolutely drenched. So actually, both of these attractions have caused me to be absolutely drenched on my last visit. One for being on the ride, the other just for being in the wrong place when it rained. So um, I enjoy the one of the things I like about Carly River Rapids is a little bit different to some of the others is the fact that it has the drop. Um, yeah. And that's kind of unique to some rapid rides, and we don't really have any in this country that have those sort of drops. So for that fact, um, I'm going to go Carly River Rapids as well. But once again. Most of you voted, and uh, you went for Carly River Rapids anyway, so it sent it through to the next round, and poor Aladdin didn't really stand much of a chance whatsoever. Bless him. So there's 12 through now to the next round, and that gives us our next pairing, which is on its way, and there's some really interesting ones coming up. You've got, in the next round uh, of pairings, Tom Sawyer Island versus Beauty and the Beast live on stage. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh comes up against Fantasmic, 
The Circle of Life comes up against Dumbo, the Flying Elephants. And finally, it's the Grand Fiesta Torstein, the Three Caballeros versus Spaceship Earth. So there are your four pairings that will be up on Facebook. Go over to facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. You'll be able to find out all of the uh, the information where you can vote and join in with that. And that's coming up on the next episode. Right. Well, that's it. That leaves us uh, with nothing else to do other than to end the show, I think. Have I forgotten anything, Alan? I always have to ask you because you always remind me. Um, I think we've done, we've done Tomorrow's Child. We've done Tomorrow's the break, we Bake have. Off. We have. Or Cook Off We've done everything, I think. I think we've done it. I think we've ticked the lists. That means it's time for this. So it is the end of the show. So we thank you all for joining us. We want to say a massive thank you to Lee for joining us once again. Don't forget, you can go over to leecockle.com and you can find out all the information about his books and his podcasts. And uh, do honestly go and enjoy those. They are really worth uh, reading and looking at. Of course, we have to thank our sponsors, which is orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk and Scoot Orlando, which is Scooter Vacations, scooterorlando.com. And I have to thank Alan. Yeah? Yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, no problem. Nice I'll, 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 I'm contractually obliged to say I love it. Yeah, you are. Well done. And uh, the lawyer will hold off for another week. Don't forget, as I said, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. You can like all the things that go on there, comment on all the different bits and pieces, and follow us on Twitter. Twitter at Disney Brit is uh, our hash, our handle over there. So at Disney Brit. You can, of course, email, as I've said, radio at disneybook.com if that's you've got anything you want to send us, whether it's audio for Tomorrow's Child, um, which again, the question is, what would you like us to make on the next Disney, great, the great Disney Brit cook off? Of course, you can also send us any comments you've got about the Four Parks One Day trip. You know, what order would you do them in? Which park would you go to? When? What attractions would you do? Uh, let us know about that and we can add those into the next show. You can, of course, review us on iTunes. Please go over and do that. Most people who have not heard the show before um, would like to listen to it and uh, tell them what you think of it. And I'll be honest, um, what's really great is uh, we've had a load of really great positive things from people recently, so that's great. And if you just want to contact us to say hi, feel free. You can ring us 0121 288 2748. And that is it. We will see you in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Gosh, everybody, <laughs> that was swell!